We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Stephen, and I am the host, as always. And I'm excited to be joined by a very special guest, Mr. Devin Jackson, who covers college football for the Philly Inquirer. I, I hope you are following him on Twitter. He's one of my favorite follows, uh, especially during draft season. Does a fantastic job and uh, was down at the Senior Bowl this past week. So excited to get some of his insight into all of that. Devin, uh, thanks for joining me, man. How are you today? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm I'm good. Um, just diving back into to some uh, draft tape after the Senior Bowl, checking on some guys that I saw down there in Mobile um, to kind of revisit their tape, see if I missed something, uh, just based on some of the things I saw at practice. But for the most part, uh, just getting prepared for the combine, and and then after that, pro days, and and in a couple months, we'll be uh, talking about. Uh, some draft grades. So I'm excited to to really be fully immersed in, in this draft process for sure. Um, are you somebody who is kind of doing draft stuff all throughout the year or is this kind of, you know, NFL season ends and, and now this is, you know, head first into uh, into draft season for you? Yeah. So for me, um, you know, after last cycle, I kind of took a little bit of a break. So I really didn't pick up things. So July, but I'm, I'm a guy that kind of watches throughout the year. And, uh, you know, we'll do some, you know, get about, you know, 50, 75 players in the summer, kind of get familiar with some of the top guys. And then, you know, as the season unfolds, I'll write guys' names down. And uh, if they have some impressive performances, you know, I'll, you know, save a name for later. Um, and, and what I started to do this year is kind of do guys as I go. So, like, you know, Devin Witherspoon was a big name in the draft season. I got his evaluation done by December. And, 
you know, some of the the bigger offensive linemen uh, in this uh, draft class. So like Dewan Jones and, and uh, Paris Johnson and players like that uh, got them done pretty early. So for me, it's, you know, taking some time, you know, in between, you know, the weeks of football and like, you know, in the after like some of their first couple games of the season, you know, kind of wait till like November, December to really ramp things up. But uh, always keeping an eye out throughout the year for sure. Gotcha. Uh, so for those of us who don't get the chance to go to Mobile, go to the Senior Bowl, what, what is that week like from you, like from your perspective in terms of evaluating, evaluating the players and like how they're managing it? What are you kind of looking for just in general from these players who are who are at the Senior Bowl? So, you know, kind of the first thing is, you know, kind of get a baseline of what their game is and figure out, you know, what do they do well, uh, most importantly, versus what they don't do well. And, like, understand both sides of it. So when you go into these weeks, you know, like the Senior Bowl week or even the Combine, like you already know what you need to know about, you know, their weaknesses or, or what they thrive in. So I think kind of senior bowl practices are, you know, kind of confirming, you know, what some of the things you see, but also like how do they stack days is kind of more important for me. Like a guy can struggle on day one, but on day two and three, he might, uh, you know, take that next step in progression. Uh, I think days two and three are kind of the most important uh, because you you're getting NFL coaching. Like how do these guys take coaching? Um, how do they kind of react to different circumstances being completely uh, foreign uh, circumstances? Well, mm -hmm. you know, being around a lot of players they may not have ever played with or played against. So I think, you know, kind of the environment, uh, you know, first of all, but secondly, how do they improve over the course of the week or where, what are do the weaknesses that you saw? Do they, are they glaring? So it's, it's kind of like a cross check in terms of, what you see on their tape versus what you see in person um, and, and how does that match up? Or if it doesn't match up, you know, go back and look at what do you, you may have missed. So I think it's, it's a lot of like cross-checking and seeing mm -hmm. just how they do, you know, when all the eyes are on them and, and they're going to get some of the top competition in the country. Yeah, that's, that's really well said. I think the, the whole week as, as a, as a whole is kind of like the, the big picture that I think a lot of people kind of, miss especially with you know somebody like dewan jones who you mentioned earlier you know he does the one day of practice and it's like okay you know obviously we kind of know that, that he's got he had a little bit of concussion symptoms and things like that but would have been great to see you know him progress throughout the the whole week so um we're gonna jump around hit a few positions few uh, players that really stood out to you um i do want to get your thoughts on this quarterback group that was down there um the chargers obviously don't need a quarterback but you know they've been potentially linked to uh, a few of the later round quarterbacks, whether it be through you know injuries or things like that, in terms of potentially drafting like the long term backup for for Justin Herbert. Um, what did you see from these guys? I've heard a lot of mixed reviews. Uh, a lot of people saying Jay Kaner was kind of the best one, but almost kind of by default because nobody really, you know, uh, really stood out in in the best way possible. So, from your perspective, what did you see from the quarterbacks this week uh, or last week? I should say down in Mobile. Yeah, I think it was it was a mixed bag, you know, and I think the the mixed reaction kind of makes sense. Um, you know, there were there were high moments like Jake Hanner probably had the best day, I think, in all all the quarterbacks on day three where he was just stringing together passes. He just looked comfortable um, and was someone that, you know, we knew he was a, a accurate thrower, but but very small, not going to throw much over the middle of the field because he can't see over the line. But 
you know, when he did have time, he did push the ball down the field and and, and looked accurate. I think Clayton Tudin had some big some big moments throughout practice too. But you know, I think coming in, we knew he was going to be probably the best pure passer in terms of being able to distribute the ball. You know, playing that Houston system, obviously playing with Tank Dell, who had a big week. So we knew he was going to be kind of that prototypical backup who, you know, can make some moments, some big throws and, and not scared to push the ball down the field. And I thought he showed that in practice, but, you know, also show, you know, kind of he's not really going to be a quarterback that makes plays, you know, off schedule or off script. So mm. everything kind of has to be perfect around him. And I think for a lot of these other guys like Tyson Bajant, I think for him, it was good experience to get the the, the fast paced feel of the game, obviously coming from the division two school. And I thought he had some nice moments in terms of, I think he probably had the the best fastball of all the quarterbacks uh, down there. Like the he could really spin the football, uh, but, but I think kind of there was a lack of touch on his passes. He wasn't, you know, he didn't really have that changeup, and and you know it just seemed like when he was trying to push the ball down the field, it was always an overthrow. So I think for him, it's going to be a bit of a process for him. It's going to be a bit of a, a project backup for sure, maybe spends a, a year or two on the practice squad to kind of uh, really get some NFL reps there. And then when you look at the other quarterbacks like Jaron Hall, uh, Malik Cunningham, Hall had a big chance this week, I thought, to really showcase his full skill set. Like, I think he had probably the best deep ball and touch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of the quarterbacks down there. But I think the inaccuracies thrown over the middle of the field, uh, just getting his eyes in the right spot just weren't there and just felt like everything was was kind of slow, like a, a second late in terms of just, you know, generating the the speed power on his arm, trying to uh, find receivers down the field. Everything just seemed kind of, you know, a step behind. He just didn't feel – it didn't really get comfortable until later in day two and then day three. And then you saw him start to make some of the throws we got used to seeing from him over the course of the season. But I think he's another guy that's probably going to be, you know, a project backup as well. You know, it's going to take a, a year or two for him to really develop and really get a full understanding of, you know, what what is he going to be good at the NFL level? Because, like, the touch throws and, and the deep balls are great, but, you know, I just didn't see the progression you want to see over the course of a week for a quarterback that, you know, could be could have been a fringe day two pick. I think he's firmly day three now. And then Malik Cunningham, you know, it was so hard to, you know, because you know the running ability is there with Cunningham. Right. You know what he can do off script, but just actually throwing the football, it just just a struggle throughout the week. He finally let him do that in the game, uh, but but then he left the game with the injury after throwing a pick six. So I don't think he really helped himself throughout the course of the week. So you know, kind of just looking at all these quarterbacks in in general, I think, you know, Hayner and, and Clayton Toon are probably the guys that have a chance to, to go day two, uh, early day three. But other than that, it, it was, you know, just overall not uh, a cohesive, uh, complete group that they usually see in Mobile. Yeah, definitely missing. I mean, Hendon Hooker, I think, obviously would have been a, you know, a huge opportunity for him without the injury. But uh you know, and you know, sometimes it is what it is. But I want to get your thoughts also on the the tight end group. This is a group that a lot of Charger fans want them to get. You know, the next the next tight end into the pipeline. Don't really have that true you know guy who can be an inline tight end, work the middle of the field, be that safety valve for Justin Herbert at this point. 
Jared Everett is obviously more of a kind of like a big slot receiver. So um, Luke, Mus- Luke Musgrave, Oregon State, obviously kind of the big name that was down there. Um, and I think a lot of people will be familiar with Cameron Latu from Alabama. But uh, what did you see from this tight end group uh, over the course of last week? Yeah, Payton Durham really emerged on day two and day three as, you know, not just a guy that, you know, can can do kind of the dirty work and kind of the gritty blocking at, at 6'5", 258, but he can make some contested catches down the field and, and you know, use his body and size to, to get open. I think he did a really nice job of that, um, especially on day three of practice. He was stemming routes at the top of the route uh, and using, you know, just a, a little chicken wing, a little push off to to create separation because he's not going to be the fastest guy. He's probably going to be a t- tight end two at the NFL level, but mm-hmm. I think he can be a high level tight end two. Someone like you can you can count down count on down in the red zone, and and he showed that in the game. Uh, he had a nice 16 yard catch from uh, Malik Cunningham where he kind of contorted his body air and, and caught the ball at his highest point, got down to the one yard line, and then he had a terrific touchdown catch during uh, Thursday's practice or day three of practice from the senior bowl where in between two defenders, he went and caught the ball and lost his helmet in the process. But I think that's what you want to see, you know, from a tight end, you know, be able to make those tough catches down the seam, uh, down the red area. So I think he made himself uh, a lot of money this week or that week uh, in Mobile and showcased what he was able to do. Uh, when, and when you look at the other tight ends, I think Musgrave had his had his moments. Um, you know, he had a nice seam route that he won on in one-on-ones on day three that really showcased his speed. But I think you're really getting a linear ver- vertical guy with Musgrave. I think he's still rounding out his game a little bit. Mm-hmm. The blocking really didn't uh, do anything, you know, for me in terms of his evaluation because I saw he struggled with he struggled with on tape. You know, he wasn't uh, a guy that's going to root someone out, uh, you know, down at the tight end position. So I think he's going to be used mostly in a vertical passing game too. Uh, Latu and, and Braden Willis are, I think, nice safety valves at tight end. Um, but, but I didn't see, you know, from either guy, they're, they're probably a, a tight end two, tight end three uh, mold type of guy where it's probably going to be a later on day three for both of those guys. And uh, I think really outside of those four guys, I, I don't think anyone else really stood out a ton. Um, but, but I think for sure, I think Payne Durham had the, the best week. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's definitely someone Chargers fans should be keeping an eye on throughout this whole process. You know, we'll see if they end up targeting one of the, the top guys in the first two rounds. But, you know, if they want to go in different directions, I think Payne Durham would be a solid, you know, uh, backup option for them, if you will. So uh, we'll kick out to the wide receiver group next here. Um, sounds like Jaden Reed was really kind of the biggest winner of the week, according to most people. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts. We didn't really uh, talk about this with Alex on our, Alex Katzen on our show, but um, what do you make of Jaden Reed? Is he somebody that you think could go early day two? Is he somebody you think could be you know an outside receiver? Is he slot only? Um, I've only watched like one game of his, and it was an impressive game. I think against Wisconsin, if not, I'm not mistaken, was the one that I watched, but. Um, what do you make of Jaden Reed's game, uh, wide receiver for Michigan State? Yeah, he played a lot of slot down in, in Mobile, so it kind of signals to me at the very least he's probably going to stick there in NFL level. Hmm. Um, and I think this, the size is, is kind of the biggest is- issue. He's not going to be someone that's going to uh, be able to catch through contact. He's not going to be someone that, um, you know, really – I think he's fast enough to create separation from the outside, but I don't think – 
he's going to be able to uh, consistently win, you know, vertically on the outside. I think he, he's more of a slot guy, in my opinion, but I think he's a really good player. And I think he probably goes early day three, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll see what testing shows. He might test, you know, really, really well and get pushed up late day two. But uh, day three, you know, typically with those slot only guys, I think that's, that's the best uh, area for them to go. But he was really impressive the week. This week, I thought, you know, he and, and Stanford receiver Michael Wilson were probably the the two best national receivers uh, throughout the course of the week. Okay. Um, just being able to uh, consistently create separation. Obviously, Reed did it from the inside and out. Wilson is more of an outside guy. Very surprising uh, just because how limited of uh, tape we have on him. I think he's only played in like 14 games over the last three years or something yeah. crazy like that. So, uh Wilson being able to showcase his fluidity, uh, ability to, uh, you know, break the cushion of defensive backs um, and, and show his smooth hands. Uh, he had a couple of drops on day three of practice. He should have just had it, but he beat his man, uh, you know, by a couple of yards. He had a nice rub against his uh, teammate, Caillou Blue Kelly as well, down at the red zone. So uh, I thought Wilson put together a really nice week. And then he had a, a big game as well. He had a nice, uh, I think, 45-yard touchdown pass from – Jake Hayner, where the ball was underthrown by, by about 10 yards, but yeah. he went back <laughs> and, 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 you know, rolled into the end zone. So I thought those two guys uh, stood out on that team. And then obviously Tank Dell on the American team, um, you know, just dazzling through the first two days of practice, un, unguardable, um, really tough to defend just in general. Um, and, and he was, he was the biggest winner for sure on the American team. Um. I'd be lying if I said I'm going to be able to get my hands on any Princeton film. I, I, I don't see that in my future. I don't know if you have watched much Princeton football. Uh, what did you make of – I am i don't even know if I want to try saying his name because I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think it's Yoshiva. Um, what did you make of the, the Princeton wide receiver down there? Yeah, Andre Yoshivas. Um, I thought he was – he was up and down, and, and that was expected, you know, coming in. He wasn't going to be a perfect – uh, player, you know, coming from the Ivy League, he was clearly the the fastest player on the field, and I th- thought he he finished the week very strong. Uh, he put together some nice reps, uh, especially in the Senior Bowl game where he he got overthrown a couple times. One probably should have been for a touchdown, uh, but but the speed is is very evident for him. I think it's just going to be continuing to round out his game, um, and I think his hands are are really nice as well too. Um, you know, a lot of people are drawing comparisons to Christian Watson. I think their games are a little bit different, and, and Yoshivas is a, a better natural catcher too. Um, you know, compared oh, wow. to Watson coming out, so I think with Yoshivas, you're you're going to get a guy who's probably going to need some time to develop. I think he can be, immediately be a special teams gunner um, or, or someone on special teams, just using his speed to get him down the field and get him on on the roster as he continues to round out as a game as a route runner. Uh, being able to handle press and, and uh, working on his releases. But I thought the foundation was there as a, as a guy that you're probably going to take him, I would say probably in round six or seven, but you're you're going to have someone that you can really mold into, uh, you know, maybe a future wide receiver two or three uh, at the NFL level. All right. Somebody to keep an eye on for uh, those late dart throws, I guess, uh, you know, according to Devin here. So, We'll shift uh, sides of the ball here. I think you know, the the Chargers have Morgan Fox, who's a free agent. He was really their only interior pass rusher 
uh, obviously them running a, a three, four odd front. So uh, I would love to get your thoughts here on, on maybe some into your pass rushers that uh, maybe the chargers could be keeping an eye on. Uh, I think Carl Brooks was kind of the, the big name that at least I saw on Twitter, but uh, anybody stand out from you or uh, in your opinion from that group? Yeah. So I am probably going to butcher this name a little bit, but at a Tomawa at um, I thought the he Northwestern had a really, guy, really right? Week. Yep, yep. Uh, he he really stood out to me on days two and three um, as an interior pass rusher. Um, you know, at Northwestern, they kind of used him a little bit all over the front. You know, from three technique to to being a, a four eye, uh, five technique, even an outside rusher. But he really hung well in the interior this week. Um, Debaware uh, was very impressive, very strong hands, um, and, and very quick too off the the snap of the football. Low light, I think he weighed in at, at 6'2", 284, so not your typical size uh, for interior uh, rush defense alignment, but I, I think he he plays really strong uh, for his size and, and someone that can uh, hang in the interior both as a uh, pass rusher and as a run defender. So I, I was really impressed with his week. And then, of course, I, I had to mention Keanu Benson from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, massive for his size, but uh, incredibly nimble, too. Uh, just being able to uh, work, you know, centers and guards on on his pass rush lanes, and um, you know, being able to to plug up run lanes as well. Uh, that was very evident on this tape, but he once again reinforced that ability to to rush the passer, especially. And then you mentioned Carl Brooks too. Very surprised he didn't get a combine invite. Uh, first of all, probably one of the bigger combine yeah. snubs that we've seen. Uh, but but for him to move at his size at three hundred pounds. Uh, and, and being able to to win consistently in the interior, um, I thought that was uh, a really stock up moment for him. You know, being able to do that, and, and he was disruptive in the game too. Uh, just wasn't just practice. So I would say those three guys uh, are probably the the standouts. Zach Pickens had a good week from South Carolina too, um, as a name I'll mention too. But but in the interior, I would say uh, Adebayore, uh, Benton, and Brooks probably had the biggest weeks. Benton, somebody that I, I I really like. You know, uh, he's a bit of a more of a nose tackle from Wisconsin. At least that's how they they used him from what I saw. But um, he's somebody that I, I'm I'm excited about. Um, last uh, couple of groups here, the the Chargers probably do need to add some uh, defensive back seven players in this draft, particularly as you know they've got some uncertainty at linebacker and safety. Um, anybody in terms of like day day three range for you that you you would. Uh, Recommend Chargers fans, you know, check an eye or keep an eye out for uh, any linebackers and safeties on day three. Yeah, linebackers, um, especially. I think there's there's two guys that uh, on day three, I think may still be around and and should be uh, of of interest. Uh, one being Diane Henley from Washington State. Uh, he had a really really good week, uh, and and it was surprising to to see how well he looked in coverage because uh, you see on the film, he he's not a, in a ton of one-on-one situations, uh, mostly as a zone dropper, but you saw the ability to stick with running backs consistently um, and, and be able to to stay in their hip pocket, get hands on the football. Um, and, and then just be able to, to run and find the football as a, as a true linebacker. So I thought he had a really good week and a really good game too, as well uh, played throughout the entire week. Uh, and then Marte Mapu from Sacramento state, uh, a bit of a uh, a tweener, um, you know, a guy that played kind of the star position, safety, linebacker, a uh, little did a little bit of all at Sacramento State. Mostly stuck at linebacker, got the call up from the NFL PA Bowl. 
Uh, and he played angry. Um, he was one of those guys that, that gets downhill, um, will, will get in your face, not afraid to, to knock people on their butt. He knocked uh, knocked over Kenny McIntosh, had a big hit uh, on day two of practice. Uh, didn't practice on day three uh, with an injury and didn't, didn't play in a game either. But if you're looking for value, especially in round six or seven, I think he may, immediately brings a, a special team's value in terms of just going and find the football on kickoffs and uh, punts as well. Uh, but but you if you get him on the field, you know, maybe as a, a sub package guy, uh, mostly in, in, as a cover guy, I think uh, you can really get uh, the most of him. And, and he'll as he continues to add mass to his frame, I think uh, he will continue to, to uh, you know, get playing time down the road in the NFL, too. Um, and then looking at the secondary, it's kind of hard to tell right now who exactly is going to go day three, uh, because like coming in, I thought maybe like Julius Brents and, and Darius Rusher or maybe those fringe day three guys. But I think since they both practiced and, and played well, um, you know, kind of rose up a little bit. So I'm going to go a little bit off the radar here and go with uh, uh, safety from Cal uh, Daniel Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought. He's a six-year guy uh, coming out, Cal. So to me, that's already probably going to make him a day three. I think he's going to be 24 uh, as a rookie. So an older guy, but someone a, a little bit versatile as well. Um, you know, he played uh, two high, uh, single high, and you know, and as a nickel, um, played a little bit all over the secondary for Cal, and, and he did so during the week too. And he did a really nice job sticking with tight ends, especially. Uh, slot receivers being able to get underneath uh, routes had a interception, uh, I believe, on day two of practice, and then in the game he nearly had an interception on Tyson Bajent. So he's a solid tackler in the open field. Uh, not the biggest guy; I think he's like six foot six one. But if you're looking for kind of a a secondary, you know, guy like a secondary utility guy, I think you know he kind of reminds me a little bit of Reed Blankenship coming out. In oh. terms of like he played a little bit all over the field, can play that single high as well uh, if you need him to. Um, and he's now found a home with the Eagles as a UDFA. So he might not be getting drafted, but I think he's a guy that can stick around for for a little while and, and really, uh, you know, do some damage at the NFL level. Yeah, man, I, those guys definitely have a role in the NFL. And I think uh, obviously Blankenship, you know, the Chargers have a little Gilman who they drafted in the sixth round. He's been, you know, can play free, can play slot, can play in the box. So uh, those kind of players have, have value, and especially if you're you're bringing that special teams uh, work, I think that's that's a huge asset for them. So um, Devin, can't thank you enough for joining us today, man. It's been a lot of great insight. What do you have uh, working on in the next couple of weeks, and where can uh, Chargers fans find your work if they want to, you know, learn about the draft and, and all that good stuff that you've been working on? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Um, working on a, a couple features right now. Um, one on uh, Sim Richards, who's from the Philly area. Um, doing a little bit of a profile on him uh, leading up to the Combine. Um, and then I'll have a mock draft uh, after the Super Bowl since the Eagles have decided to uh, play throughout. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm holding on to the mock draft as long as I can. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'll be dropping a mock draft whenever the the – uh, dust settles on the Super Bowl, whether they win or lose. Uh, it'll be sometime, uh, you know, over the course of the week. But yeah, follow me on Twitter at Real D underscore Jackson. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? You think the Eagles are going to come out on top? We have a, an Eagles, part Eagles fan, part Chargers fans that we work with as well. So uh, how are you feeling about this weekend? Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a mixed bag for me. I think the Eagles are going to win, but 
uh, the confidence level is at like 10% just because oh, wow. you just never know what's going to happen with, with Mahomes. You know, like I think on paper, the Eagles are the better team. They should control the line of scrimmage, but Mahomes is the the biggest X factor in the game. And you could have everything, you know, plan to the plan to a T you could be up, you know, late in the game, but, but Mahomes still has that magic. So I'm going to pick the Eagles win in a three-point game, uh, but but like I said, the confidence level is, is not super high. Um, just because you give Andy Reid and the Chiefs two weeks to prepare, um, it, it's, it's going to be a rough – I think it's going to be a rough start for the Eagles to start the game. So, All right, there we go. I uh, I do think the Eagles will come out on top as well for what it's worth. Uh, those – they're just so hard to prepare for up front, man. They just got so many dudes and, you know, Robert Quinn has barely played, you know, ever since they traded for him and he's potentially coming back this week. So, you know, it's just, you know, another layer of uh town that they have up front. So, uh, Devin, thanks so much, man. And charge fans definitely cannot, uh, you know, encourage you enough to go check his workout. Does fantastic, uh, job covering the draft, really, uh, looking forward to seeing what he is able to, uh, produce over the next couple months here. So, uh, Devin, thanks so much for joining us. We'll uh, catch up soon, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, talk to you soon. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.